0: and to the to the angel of the church in Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. I know your tribulation and your poverty but you're rich and the slander of those who say that they are Jews and are not but are of the synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer. Behold the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested, and for ten days you will have tribulation. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who conquers will not be hurt by the second death. Amen. Let's pray. Father, ask for your Spirit to teach us, and for us to learn, have open, receptive hearts, For the enemy not to be bothering us, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, around 155 A.D., they were having some games in Smyrna, Roman games, and it kind of got out of hand, and they had sort of became very unruly, and uh, the crowd shouted, away with the atheist. We don't want the atheist. We want the bishop. The bishop's name was Polycarp, Quite a name. Don't know why his mama hung that on him. Uh, but uh, they were trying to find Polycarp. They wanted to put him to death. They wanted to persecute him. He was the bishop of the church in Smyrna. A poor old slave told him where. Told them where he was staying. The Roman guards came to arrest him. He said, "Before I go, let's have a final meal together." And he uh, ate and fed the guards. And while they were there, the guards asked him, "What harm is there?" in uh, just saying that Caesar is Lord and offering a sacrifice to save your life. That's the same issue that surfaced again, of course, as you know, in the 17th century, in the 1600s in Scotland with the Covenanters. Just say the king's the head of the church and we won't bother you. And they wouldn't do it, and neither would Polycarp. When they got to the the Colosseum with Polycarp, uh, the proconsul said it to him again. Just say Caesar is Lord and we won't take your life. And this is what Polycarp said, and it's a very famous line, a very, very famous paragraph. And there's something in here I'll bet you've missed if you've heard this before. Here's what Polycarp said. Eighty and six years have I served him. Now there's more, but I wanna stop right there. What is significant about him saying that 80 and six years have I served him? He was 86 years old. Polycarp was saying that he believed he was a Christian when he was born. Can you believe that? Is that possible? John the Baptist believed it. You check it out. As Casey Stingle says, you could look it up. Jeremiah believed it. You can look that up, too. They both believed they were regenerate in their mother's womb before they were born. Apparently, Polycarp did, too. Eighty and six years have I served him, and he has done me no wrong. How can I blaspheme my king who saved me?" And Then the proconsul threatened him with burning, and Polycarp replied, "'You threaten me with the fire that burns for a time and is quickly quenched, for you do not know the fire which awaits the wicked in the judgment to come and in the everlasting punishment. Why are you waiting? Come and do what you will.' And they did, and they burned Polycarp alive, Polycarp was simply living out what Jesus had predicted would happen uh, about 150 years earlier. And uh, that's the lesson for us today. Smyrna. What does the word mean? It means myrrh or fine perfume. It was a beautiful, beautiful city. It had a lot of money. It was... uh, Located on a seacoast, it had a beautiful harbor, and behind that harbor was a mountain. And uh, it had a famous stadium. It had a large public theater. Uh, You know, we talk about planned communities today, and this was a planned city. Uh, And the streets went up to the top of the mountain. There was one street that circled the mountain, and uh, the the mountain was called Pagos. It was about 500 feet high. That's not really a mountain, but... uh, I guess to them they called it a mountain. And around that city, around that hill or or mountain, was a street called the Street of Gold. And on all those, and all along that street of gold, there were statues. There were statues to the Greek and Roman gods, statues to Zeus and uh, Hermes and uh, Apollos and Mercury, and on and on. All the Greek and Roman gods. And so there came a time when they offered the Christians an opportunity to put up a statue to Jesus. And they said, Absolutely not. We're not going to join in and pretend that our great Savior, our elder brother, our Lord and Savior, is simply one of those false gods like Apollo or Dionysius or whatever they might have. And they refused to do that, and when they did, the government said, Okay. If you're not going to do that, we're going to start putting you to death systematically. And the first one they put to death was Polycarp. Now, with that background, I want you to think about what is written here in this letter. And it's, it's quite interesting, I think. Uh, it begins uh, with the same way that all the other letters begin. We don't know the origin of the church. We don't know who started it. We do know that the Christians were suffering tremendously, and they would suffer tremendously for a long time to come. And yet he only has high praise and condemnation for them. Uh, high praise and commendation for them. He doesn't criticize this church like he has done some of the others. It receives no criticism. So we want to be a great mission-minded church. Let's say we pass these other tests. Can we pass a church, a test of a church that is nothing but positives and superlatives? He begins again with the word of self-characterization. He describes himself in verse eight. To the angel of the pastor of the church in Smyrna, write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. Now he says, I'm the first and the last. I died and I came to life. He says that he is present in all of life. I'm the first and the last. Uh, When map makers used to make maps in early, early days, For example, when the map of the eastern coast of the United States was first made, they pretty well had the geography down and the topography down and the cities and so forth, but then when they went a little bit farther to the west, they didn't know what was out there. And do you know what they wrote on the maps? Have you ever seen some of these maps? They would write things like, here there be dragons, here there be burning fiery sands here there be serpents they didn't know what was there and so they were just speaking uh, in an imaginary way no matter where we go no matter what we do remember what I said last night he has the eyes on fire and he can see you down to the bottom of your toes when you close the door he knows what goes on behind closed doors no matter where you go, when I'm riding in that car toward Nashville today, wherever you go this afternoon, we can say, here there be Christ. He is the first and the last. He's present in all of life, and then he says, not only is he present in all of life, he says he has power in death. The Greek here is a little bit different. Uh, it is, uh, the preachers will appreciate this, an arist, and it refers to the resurrection. He says, I am present in all of life, and I have power in death. I have overcome death, and I will give you power in death. And when you come and get ready to die, I will give you great power. I once had an elder in Birmingham, a church I was serving there, who was dying of cancer. He was a good and godly man. We prayed and prayed and prayed. His life was spared for a while, and then he relapsed and went back, and it was obvious he was about to go down. We prayed and prayed, and I never will forget one time I went to him and said, Don... Everybody in this church pouring out their heart for you. We're lifting you up in prayer and asking God to heal you. And there we'll forget what he said. He said, y'all not fighting me on this, are you? I'm ready to go. (laughs) He had a power uh, that the Lord had given him that uh, can only come. It's called dying grace. Can only come when you get to that point. Well, Jesus gives then a word of commendation. He says, I know Your your, uh, tribulation, verse 9, I know your tribulation and poverty, but you're rich. I know about the slander and don't fear. He says, I'm conscious. How does he know? How does he know about our suffering? Well, he sees from the candlesticks, chapter chapter 2, verse 1, and he sees because he's been one of us of the incarnation. He participated in all of our woes. What does he know? Well, there are five things he says he knows. He says, I know about your tribulation. I know about your poverty. I know about the blasphemy that's come your way. I know about some of you serving in prison, and I know about death and dying. Very quickly, let's take those. I know about the tribulation. Interestingly, the word for tribulation here in the Greek is a word that means stone or boulder. He is saying, I know what you're going through. It feels like a heavy load has been put on you. A boulder has come down on you. You're carrying a load of stones in your life. You're tired, you're weary, you're broken down. A great boulder has been laid on you until it is squeezing the life out of you and you don't feel like going on. I know the pressure you folks are under there in Smyrna. You're under pressure because they've told you, you've got to worship Caesar. And I know because there's a bunch of Jews who claim they're Jews and they're not really Jews, they're really a synagogue of Satan. And they're putting it to you. Let me ask you something. Would you be here today if you knew that following Christ from now on was going to cause you to have terrible pressure put on you? Pressure comes in a lot of different ways, and we could all think of ways pressure's been put on us. It doesn't matter whether you're in school or you're in a job or... Uh, We can think of a hundred types of pressure. Every one of us has experienced it. Would you be here today if you knew knew in the days ahead following Christ was going to cause life to feel like a great heavy burden had been placed on your shoulders and it was going to squeeze life out of you? He says, I know about your poverty in verse 9. Now the Greek here is interesting too. It can mean nothing extra in life. Now get this, nothing extra in life or just nothing at all. And here, it's the latter. He says, I know y'all don't have anything. You are dirt poor. Why was it that way? Because being a Christian in Smyrna had become very costly. You remember, they refused to put up the statue to Jesus. And when they did, the government turned on the heat. Made it very difficult for Christians. Tried to begin killing them and killed their bishop, first of all. Polycarp. Would you be here today if you knew that following Christ was going to cost you all of your possessions, your portfolio, your precious antiques, your jewels, whatever it is that you count that has value, your stocks and bonds, your, your, uh, your money that you've inherited or that you've made by, as my mama used to say, my hard-earned money. <laughs> you've heard that before. Would you be here if you knew that following him was going to cause you to lose all that? And then thirdly, he says, I know they've blasphemed you, verse 9. They've slandered you. They talked about you constantly. They've lied about you. Have you ever been lied about? My guess is that some of you have, probably nearly all of us have. Sticks and stones, you know how that goes. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Oh, yes, they will. They will hurt you terribly. They will cut you down and make you feel miserable would you be here today if you knew that following Christ and being a member of this church was going to cause you to be lied about all over this town to everybody to the uppity ups the muckety mucks would you be here and then he says I know verse 10 don't fear what you're about to suffer but have, behold the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. Now, we could spend some time talking about how the devil throws you in prison. Obviously, some people don't need to be there that are there, but at the the beginning I mentioned, remember this is written way before Polycarp died, and yet Polycarp, it really happened. He did die. The prediction came true, and many of the Christians at Smyrna were martyred. When we get to heaven, we get to glory, we're going to meet. I always wonder who the first person I'm going to meet in heaven is, uh, there's several things I've thought about when I get to heaven, and some questions I want to ask. If we we'll get to ask them, I don't think I will. But I, if I do, I'm getting ready. And uh, and uh, I've often thought what it's like to be in heaven, not to be married. This is going to be strange because I'm going to say, "Hey, Joyce, come on." Uh, Elijah's speaking over here in, in this room. Come on, and she's going to say, uh, "Wayne, uh, I don't have to go to you anymore." <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to like that or not and I wonder who the first person I've always imagined over and over who the first person I'm going to meet when I get to heaven is and I want to see Jesus of course but I figure it'll be some second rate Christian that lived in Scotland 400 years ago was faithful nobody's ever heard of him (laughs) and he says Wayne I've been waiting to meet you (laughs) but we're going to meet we're going to be there forever so we'll get to meet everybody and uh, we're going to meet some of these Smyrna and Christians who who got martyred, who got killed, and that'll be exciting. Would you be here today? You see, back then there were three penalties. If you got in trouble, they took your money, and then they sh- or they ship you off somewhere to Siberia, I guess, and then they'd kill you. Would you be here this morning if you knew following Christ in the days ahead was going to cost you your life? You can't imagine that, can you? I think it's coming, folks. I'm 63 years old, which I cannot believe I got here so fast. I believe it's coming in this country. I, believe, I said it the other night, I'll say it again. I believe our grandchildren, my grandchildren, are going to catch it and probably have to pay the price.